Hi, I'm Misty. And I'm Liz. We're two women who don't know shit about literature, but we love to hang out and talk about the books we've read. And everything else on our minds. So get cozy, grab a drink, and let's get started. Hey! Hey. We're back! We are back. This is episode two. So... Let me just go ahead and address the elephant in the room. The second book, The Corrections, awesome so far. So it is 600 and something pages. It is a very big book. I actually it am is. not doing It was like 22 hours long. In audio book. Yeah. Okay. I have not finished reading it. I had an incident with my eyes. I got swollen, allergic reaction, set me back. Okay. had to go to the ER. And what'd they say? <laughs> they said... You have an allergic reaction. Take some Benadryl. <laughs> no shit. Actually, I found out too that you can take Pepsid for allergic reactions too. It has the same antiphylactic blocker in it. So I've been taking Pepsid anytime I do anything. <laughs> it's, yeah. So anyway. I heard anti-flaccid blocker. <laughs> it is. It's, 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 it's Viagra. So what are we going to do this week then? We are going to talk about books in our lives that have kind of impacted us. Oh, I just so happen to have right here a list of books from my life that have impacted me. So. And why are you always so prepared? I know, it's crazy. I know, that's awesome. Ready to talk about it. So books, to me, have always been a thing that I've gone to to kind of retreat. That's been right. my self-care growing up. Obviously, we both love books right. enough to try to start a podcast about books so they mean something to us one of my earliest memories about books which it probably is yours too because we're sisters and we grew up together was anytime you went to grandmother's house grandmother always had her gray epcot bag library book bag library book bag and she every time we came over she had that thing filled to the broom with different books and I just remember sitting on grandmother's old brown and green plaid couch with Mm -hmm. like the wooden handles yes it was like she she like crocheted it crocheted couch yes and she always had a crocheted afghan yes on the couch too I don't know why you call it an afghan if you crocheted it but she had that the blanket was holes all in it right so so never you never got warm because it got holes in it we would sit with grandmother not together because we have quite a few years in between us reading years and she would read us books and I just I loved going to grandmother's house and having her read us books I think that's one of my favorite memories so well what was the book back then that you that you loved the most I don't, I don't really remember like a favorite book when I was little so much as like the feeling of seeing, seeing the bag of books, just knowing that grandmother's going to read me like several books in a row and it's just time that we got to spend together and I knew that she had gone and picked them out with me in mind. Right. So I just remember feeling so loved. Well, books have always, were kind of part of our lives because our grandmother was a librarian. We were kind of raised in the library. I remember during the summers when she was working, when I was super, super little, I would go with her and hang out in the children's section, which was... She's like, here, just read some books. Babysit yourself. Right. Exactly. I do remember her reading me a couple stories. The story about Ping. Oh, yeah, the duck. About the duck. So we didn't want to get on the boat because the last one on always got whipped. Which was so cruel. So cruel. (laughs) It scared me to death. I think that's why I remember it. And the illustrations had it in there, which was was awful. So he ran away, and then he hated running away, so he decided that getting whipped was better than living on his own. So he went back to the boat and got whipped. Why do you have to whip him? It's a duck. I know. Madeline was one 
was the first book that I really remember reading repeatedly when I was little. Oh. And Berenstain Bears. Grandmother had a bunch of Berenstain Bears at her house. Yeah. Right, the little so you um, would read, paperback. Yeah, you yes. would reread those over and over. Also, Grandmother read me Tiki Tiki Timbo. Did you ever read Tiki Tiki Tembo? Mm-mm. No. It was about two brothers, and the oldest one had to be given, like, a very long name. So it was a respect thing. Okay. And Tiki Tiki Tembo, Misa Bembo, that was his name, and he was drowning. And I think the little boy ended up actually drowning because the little brother was trying to tell everyone that he was drowning, and he would say, Tiki Tiki Tembo, blah, 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 blah. And they're like, no, 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 you must address your brother with his full name. So he had to go through that full name several times to be able to save the brother and I think by the time they got back the little boy had drowned because they made this other kid say his full name so many times I just remember things that are traumatic that traumatize me like a fever dream <sighs> no I actually bought that book for my kids because I wanted them to be traumatized as well, <laughs> well if I'm gonna be traumatized so are you <laughs> listen what about my mama says there's no monsters there's no such thing as monsters and then just list vampires creatures fiends. yes Love that book. I think I was probably four or five. I remember reading that and the drawings in it were, were really... Just like little black and white sketches? Yes. And I loved those. I remember that one making fun of you being scared about it. Right. So it made it not scary. It made it okay. Well, all of the adults' faces in the books were kind of side-eyeing this poor little yeah. kid. Like, why are you scared? What's wrong with you? Right. Why are you such a baby? And now that you're an adult, you're just like, oh my God. there's nothing in your closet. Right. Yeah. I love, I still love picture books. I go to the library with my kids probably every other week and I do what grandmother does and I just fill up the bag with just a ton of books. I don't know anything about them. My son was playing a game on the computer and I read a book to my daughter and it was not, it was not that long ago. It was maybe like three or four months ago. I actually wrote down the name somewhere. It's called The Remember Balloons. Okay. Have you ever heard of that? No. It's a kid's book and it's like new-ish. I mean, you know, it's since I was a kid. It wasn't right. when I was a kid. <laughs> right. I started crying in the library. This book, it was about this little boy and he had a grandfather and everyone had balloons attached to them. The grandfather had a bunch of balloons at first and the little boy didn't have very many. And then, like, as the book progresses, the little boy is getting more balloons and the grandfathers are floating away. So what it is is the balloons are your memories. And the grandfather had Alzheimer's. Oh, my, oh my God. God. I was, I was like, looking up at the ceiling, blinking. And Kaylee's like, what's wrong with you? Right. Like, because she has no chill. Right. She will call me out. <laughs> are you crying at this book, Mama? You're a baby. Gosh. <laughs> It was a good book, though. All right, what about, like, as you got a little bit older? In elementary school, I read Ramona and all those books. But I had this set of books that our mom got me. And it, it was these little miniature little short books. They were paperback. It was a set, and it had, like, Swiss Family Robinson and Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde and War of the Worlds and all these classics in it, Heidi and all. Of, and so I read all of those so many times just to have something to read uh, that was like my first introduction into classic books and then I actually I read uh, Anna Green Gables and Anne of Avonlea because I saw the you know the little mini series they had on LPB back in the early 90s and I watched that and so I had to read the books that was kind of like my first big adult book remember the book Sarah Plain and Tall I never read it, but I do. I know what you're talking about. Actually, okay. I think that it must be your copy is on Kaylee's bookshelf. Really? In there, yeah. That was a really good book, too. I remember reading that many times and, and just kind of being 
it was sad because, you know, the husband lost his wife and he needed a new wife and a mother to his children. And well, first I was like, why are you calling her plain? Like, that's kind of. I didn't read the books. So I have no idea what you're <laughs> just talking Just so about. desperate to have a wife. He just took. Oh, is Sarah the wife? And Sarah's the new wife. Oh. Right. Well, different time. <laughs> different. I'm just going to go with different time. It was. It Did was. plain mean something nice then? No, I think it just. <laughs> she just, ain't ugly, but. You know, nothing to write home about. <laughs> just plain. Plain. plain and tall. <laughs> very tall. And right. Quite plain. Right. I really like. I put Bridge to Terabithia and Tuck Everlasting. Like, they are forever cemented together in my mind. They're completely different books. But they, I guess they both kind of have that magical element, and it deals with death in their kids' books. And, you know, right. whenever you're a kid, you don't have a lot of exposure to death. So I think those kind of stuck together. Did you ever read those books? No. I've heard of them, but I've never read them. They made them into movies, and I'm just not interested. No, I... <laughs> not. I, do you remember... Fear Street. No way, Jose. I have that in my notes to ask you if you had watched the Netflix things. Because growing up, I read Goosebumps. I read Goosebumps too. Well, okay, you're six years older than me. Right. So you were reading Fear Street, Uh R.L. Stein books. R.L. Stein. And I knew that those those books were big. I wasn't going to read those. So I read Goosebumps because you were reading Fear Street. Goosebumps, isn't Goosebumps like a little baby version of Fear Street? Yeah, it's R.L. Stein. It's the same author. It's just teen version, kid version. Fear Street was teen. I remember reading it. And back then, you know, sixth grade, it was like adult situations, which were not adult situations. Yeah, yeah. But it, it felt like... I was reading teenage books. It's like you were reading a Stephen King book. Right. It was like little steamy scenes, you know, but it really wasn't, you yeah. know. But I do, but Fear Street, they had like, you know, a hundred yeah. different books, but those were good. I think we got those all from the library. There's a podcast where it's two women talking about books, but they specifically talk about 90s teen horror books like R.L. Stein, like teen books. It's pretty cool. That does sound. That sounds really interesting. It sounds like. But have you watched the Netflix Fear think, Street? No, I think my. I know my kids have watched Goosebumps, but they haven't watched Fear Street. Well, no, no, no. They're not for kids. Oh, oh, oh. It's like a new. They're like if you turn on Netflix, it'll be the top ten oh, like new things. Okay. And I think it's a three parter, and I was completely not interested until I started making up my list, and I remember I had looked up the Fear Street books because of you, and. They had a trailer or something, and I was, like, into it. Like, I'm going to watch really? them. Yeah, now I'm going to watch them because they looked really good. Okay. But I never read the books. Well, the books were awesome, but not as awesome as Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Oh, my gosh. I love that. I will, you- I will tell the big toe story. Oh, my God. So, and, like, the I want to vipe your windows. Yes, and, like, the high beams. High beams and the hook on the... Thing. And on the the door or the yeah the yes. hook on the door handle, so many the, so many scary and the drawings in it were very creepy. And I bought the books for my kids a long time ago, and they've read them. But now they have a a couple of specials, I believe. I think one's on Netflix, maybe, where they discuss the drawings and like the stories and everything because it's become it was, such a cult. Has it? Fo- Phenomenal. When we were little, I thought it was just us. I, I did too. I did too. And the fact that other people have read these books and they've become such a big thing. I think some of them were even banned in school. I thought they made that into a whole movie. They did. Oh, okay. Did you watch that? I didn't. Oh. No, I did watch the special or the, I guess, like the documentary about the art and 
how popular they were. Ooh, I'm going to have to look that up. But I had no idea that that was even, that they were popular. I didn't either. So I'm glad that I got a, my hands on them because apparently they're really hard to find now. I liked them because, well, whenever I was little and I would go to the bathroom, I'd always <laughs> take a book with me right. for some reason. Do you remember what I called it? No. I would say, I'm going to Bolax. <laughs> that would mean I'm going to go to the bathroom and read a book while I do my business. And I'd be like, where are y'all going with that book? And I'd be like, I'm relaxing. And there were short stories, so you could... They were short stories, so you didn't... like one or two pages. Yeah. Right, so you do you your thing. And, and read your little story, and then you can just put it on the back of the toilet for the next time you needed a bolax. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've read all three of those books. Those were books I put down and I picked back up for years when I was growing up. And you could still pick them up, like, today. And read stories, and they're they're so cheesy. They are so cheesy. But they're just from your your childhood. They were so good. So was Sweet Valley High. I didn't read that. I think I read the Sweet Valley Twins, Little Kid, like Little little, Sister. Little Sister. Mm -hmm. Babysitter Club, Little Sister ones. Like the little, I always read the little. The little versions? The little, like whatever you were reading, I wanted to read, but they were like little versions. (laughs) The little watered down versions? Sweet Valley, the twins were Jessica and Elizabeth, and sometimes they called her Liz, and I was like, I'm in a book. Right. (laughs) Sweet Valley Eye was really this book is about me. But even back then, I knew how how cheesy they were. Yeah, but it was you know, it's almost like a guilty pleasure. Right, right. Like you'd almost be embarrassed if someone were to read it out loud, but you wouldn't know it was going to happen. Oh yeah, they were good. They were good. Did you read The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe? Okay, so I did not. However, the kids and I have listened to it on Audible. Well, that doesn't count. You know that. (laughs) Well, it's not really reading. But as far as reading it, no. Listening to it, yes. It was one of the books that we read, or quote-unquote read, in the car that we downloaded and listened to. I read that whenever I was in fourth grade, reading class, whatever. We talked about it. I went to a Christian school, so we could freely talk about all these things. That was the first book that I recognize that you could, it doesn't actually have to, like this lion is not actually a lion. This lion stands in for for Christ. Okay. I didn't understand before that, that you could do that. Okay. So once we read the book and then talked about it, then our teacher, because I'm at a Christian school, mm-hmm. she's saying the line is actually Jesus and blah, blah, blah. And it clicked together and it was, it was such like a, oh my God, like a conspiracy theory almost. Really? It was eye opening for me. So I will forever remember that book just because that's whenever I realized that that it's not always as it seems. It, there's okay. symbolism in that's the word symbolism. There's <laughs> symbolism in things, and then obviously Harry Potter kind of wrapped up my childhood. And <sighs> have never read Harry Potter. That was Harry Potter was kind of towards the end of me being little, young okay. enough to appreciate them. So right. you were who knows what I was doing. You're probably like a senior in high school or like in your twenties mm-hmm. before, like whenever those came out. So you wouldn't have read those. But that's also when things got really busy with school. You had to read books for school that you didn't necessarily want to read. So if you were going to read a book, it needed to be the school stupid book. Right. So that's kind of around the time that I stopped reading them. But I loved them so much that I like specifically set them down and said, when I have a kid, I will read these books with my kid. And my son and I have read books one through three. We are on four right now. And we have not finished four, but we read a book and then just my son and I read the book. And then as a family, we watch the movie 
And we usually like make some kind of like we made butter beer and had butter beer and we'll make some kind of Harry Potter themed food to go with well, that's it. That's sweet. We haven't watched the movie or read the books. So the books are so much better. The the boobies the boobies? Right? The movies are really, really good. As good as they can be, but the books are just so good. And actually, I think Harry Potter kind of I was making my list of books. A lot of the books that I love are, like, magical-themed. Really? Yeah. I, I am not a fantasy reader. Love it. No, well, not necessarily fantasy. Well, I guess you would call it fantasy, but some kind of theme of magic going on. I love it. That's interesting. My themes are more like I love a memoir or a memoir-esque book. Coming-of-age, mm-hmm. through-life books. I like a biography. I like anything that has to do with World War II and the Holocaust. Oh, I always God, have. Lilac, what was it? Lilac Girls, I believe. Don't quote me. I read that. I don't know, because I will not do anything that has to do with some kind of historical fiction. After kind of my Harry Potter years when I was younger, whenever I was a teenager during like summers and stuff, I was kind of making a list of books that I read then that meant meant a lot to me. They are all books about drugs and depression. Well, <laughs> all of them. It is, I read Go Ask Alice. It's oh, about a drug overdose. Valley of the Dolls. That's oh. about Oh, drugs. I loved Valley of, Valley of the Dolls. Excellent, excellent book. The Bell Jar. That oh. one is probably oh, the most God. depressing book I've ever read. Virgin Suicides. Oh, okay. Virgin Suicides. Excellent book. The movie is incredible. I actually have Virgin Suicides on my list as well as Middlesex. I have not read Middlesex, and I keep hearing a lot about it just from different podcasts that I listen to in different places, so I think I definitely need to add that to my reading list because everyone, I mean, I've heard so much about it, and it's not a new book. No, this was, I read it in the early 2000s. Yeah, it's it's definitely an older book, so for me to still be hearing about it, it's, do you remember what is it about? Sometimes I can't remember what books are about. I just remember how they made me feel. Middlesex I believe is about someone who is trans. Oh, well, that makes sense for the name then. So He's believe, in between right. sexes. And I believe that's what it's about. It's been a long time since I've read it, but it was a, it's, it made my list. It's, it's very, it's a very, very good book. Also around this time, because I was reading such depressing books, I read White Oleander, which is yes. just an awful book. I was probably way too, I mean, it's a very good book, but it yes. is just, awful situations it will scar you but that was an oprah book yes so after that i looked up other oprah books and decided to read some of those so i read like she's come undone Mm -hmm. the wally lamb book and then i think i read i know this much is true Mm -hmm. because of she's come undone Mm -hmm. Um, yes i read drowning ruth oh i love drowning ruth oh that's so good that's a good one and then where the heart is oh i loved that's on my list too Mm -hmm. the walmart book the walmart book that book i remember watching the movie and the movie (gasps) changed things that didn't even matter the movie was a disaster compared disaster Compared to the book. In the book, I remember her lucky number was like seven. In the movie, her lucky number was five or something, some other number that wasn't seven. 
And I'm like, what? it loses its significance. Why do you even need to change that? That is not, that's like telling a lie when you didn't have to. It doesn't make any difference. That book was such a quick read for me because it was so good and I loved it. And then I watched the movie and I don't even think I finished it because it was so disgusting. Right. I was so upset because right. the book, they cheesed it up. I know. That's why what I tend to do is if I see a movie that looks really good... I will see if it's a book first, and most of the time it's been a book first. Right. Then I'll just read the book and never watch the movie. I don't watch a lot of movies. Right. Well, that's true. At all. Yeah, she's like, never seen Step Brothers, so. Never seen Step Brothers. <laughs> I do so. know about Catalina Whiskey Mixer. Catahoula Mixer. It's a Catalina Wine Mixer. <laughs> well, <laughs> Catalina Kerr. <laughs> right. You knew exactly what I meant, so. Right. When I was a teen, and a told you this before our aunt loved Stephen King so she brought over to the house I think I was in between my ninth and 10th grade year which was you know like I think I was 14 one and 15 one on 15 which was for anybody is a pivotal moment yeah you know, time in their lives so this summer that summer between ninth and 10th grade I sat in my room and I read it and The Shining and Christine and Misery and Carrie beach? I didn't I wasn't that person who brought it to the beach, <laughs> big 9,000 page book. But I read Cujo and Gerald's Game and Pet Cemetery. And the fact that I read all of these books in that summer is amazing to me because I think I stayed up all night, all summer. Just never slept. Never slept and read these books. Looking back on it now, he includes a ton of mature things. What is wrong with Angie Ann? I don't know. I don't know why she would give me also, those. Also, she had her own daughter to corrupt. Uh, right. I don't know why she, she was did. like, well, we can't let Kristen have these books. We're going to give them to Misty. Misty and just totally screw up so that when she's 41 years old, she'll talk about it on a podcast. <laughs> but I still remember a lot of it. I didn't even know what was going on because I was 14 years old. I didn't know what these things were. But looking back on it, I was just like, oh, my gosh. But those books really were amazing books just the shining was an it carrie as a book is so much better even even sissy spacek as carrie the book was still so much better i remember watching carrie with you obviously i'll never forget carrie i remember first of all the opening scene with With the the shower of bushes that's going on (laughs) with these women I remember bushes and blood. <laughs> yep, bushes and blood. <laughs> That's what I get from Carrie. Our mom. Also a little bit of magic. A little demon, bit. Demon magic. I'm surprised you don't like it. It was magical. Right up my alley. Our mom actually rented it from Blockbuster. She put it in and then, you know, the opening scene with the showers and everything. And she was like, oh my God. But she let me continue watching it. Yeah. So she around, I don't think she really cared. But I, as someone who had never seen a movie where they included nude women and one of them is ministrating... <laughs> administrating hey, right she's working at her desk she's where she's on her period she's menstruating yes menstruating she's typing a letter it was <laughs> okay good it was horrible was, i don't remember that yes bushes and blood <laughs> well i meant the, <laughs> the pig blood oh no I no <laughs> no in the beginning is bushes that. and blood she oh, starts her period pads at yeah her and plug she, it up Okay. I forgot about that. Right. That's oh, what I thought God. you meant. I also read Bridget Jones' Diary. Oh, my God. I forgot about that book. Yes. That was a good book. It was. And I never really got into Brit Lit. Oh, I love it. But I like Brit comedy. I love I love British comedy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I like. Okay. But Brit 
lit like British books. I never really got into our grandmother. She was a big British mystery. Always had a British, like oh, you'd oh think gosh. she would solve the world. Right. How many had she read? She loves, and mysteries in general. Uh, Agatha Christie kind mystery. of books. Loves, I mean, just like rooms and rooms of mysteries. Oh, actually, so I forgot to tell you this, but whenever I was just talking about like in the Oprah books, I looked up a list of Oprah books to be like, which ones have okay. I read? Right. Me too. The Corrections is on there. Corrections is on there. Okay. Did you hear what happened? I read a little blurb about it. The Corrections made the list in, I don't know, 2004 or something. It's a pretty, it's, it's an, an older, older book. book. Right. So Jonathan Franzen, the author, is obviously kind of a snob because he made the list and he was like, I don't. I'm so much better than all these other people on this list. Like, this huge snob about it to the point where he got a bunch of backlash from it and he tried to apologize and then Oprah, like, was like, whatever, I'm over it. Like, I'm nothing to do with you. Well, he must be a really, really good writer because probably eight or so years later, she picked another one of his books. But she called him first and she was like, hey, I like this book. Would you mind if I added it to my book list, my right. book club list? Right. And he was nicer about it this time. and was like, yes, I would love it. Well, that's very nice. Right. But I thought, I was like, oh, look I at saw me. him on Still the list. taking out the Oprah books. I know. And I found out about Toni Morrison through mm-hmm. Oprah's book. The Bluest Eyes? Yes. Or I? Song of Solomon, I believe, is one mm-hmm. of her books that I read. Um, Maya Angelou. I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings was a book that our grandmother gave to me because when I was... I think 15 years old, Maya Angelou came to Southeastern mm-hmm. University to speak. And, like, I'm getting goosebumps. It changed my life. Did she and grandmother go? Our mom went with us. Okay, because I remember I always connect Maya Angelou with you, and I don't know why. Well, and I also connect it with that movie, The Birdcage. Right. Okay, well, because that's with Robin not Williams. Fit, yes. No. I've never even seen the bird cage. Okay. But they both have caged and birds. Right. So, so obviously they're obviously. the same. We went to go see her, see her talk or, you know, hear her talk, I guess. And it was, we, she, we watched her. So I saw her talk. <laughs> Subtitles came out of her mouth. And it, I was just mesmerized by the way she carried herself and just how she owned, it was just her up there. We were in this little Coliseum like building at Southeastern and it's like she owned it. Her presence was just like, you know, there's high school me from Alexandria, Louisiana. It's just like she was like in me, you know, like she. So the next morning, so we stayed at the Holiday Inn. The next morning we're eating our, you know, continental breakfast. Someone sits next to us who was beautiful and was just dressed to the nines. And it was Maya Angelou. Oh my gosh, and really? She, yes. I got to talk to her. <gasps> she sat right there and How ate her scrambled ate her scrambled eggs and everything and I just stared at her and Are she crying? was crying. No, and she was sitting by herself. You know, we told her thank you know, like how how much we appreciated her and how beautiful her words were the night before and it was it was incredible but then I didn't understand it's like yeah cool my Angela I mean the night when I heard her talk that was I walked out of there like floating on air meeting her was just different now I really really appreciate that moment I didn't I didn't really back Yeah, yeah didn't really appreciate it like I should have she was incredible she was she was just beyond words after that, I go to Books a Million. I think it's maybe 1998. There's Oprah's Book Club. It's, mm-hmm. I think it started maybe around, you know, around that time. There's a book there called She's Come and Done. 
by Wally, Wally Lamb. Taken home. I read that book probably 400 times. Dolores Price changed my life. <laughs> I loved that book. I actually And had, it is such a disturbing book. I I remember reading it. I remember being like, this is a really good book. But I actually had to look up what it was about again because I have the memory of a goldfish. Right. So, again, I've already said this, but I won't remember details or specifics. Can't tell you who what it was about, nothing. But I'll remember how it made me feel. And if it's if it leaves me like a, with a lingering feeling, right. I'll remember it. Like, if it's impacted me somehow, then I'll remember it. Well, that's what started my Oprah's book club. She picks the trust. I read She's Come Undone. It became part of who I was. Again, I'm 18 years old, picking up this book of coming of age. I must have stolen your copy. Probably. I think I've probably owned four or five copies of that book in my life. Then I read Drowning Ruth. She picked out these incredible books, so I kind of followed suit. Did you read Icy Sparks? I did not. I thought I remembered reading it, but I read the little blurb, what it was about. It didn't strike up a memory. So I'm like, well, maybe I, maybe I thought about reading it and I didn't read it. About someone who has Tourette's. Really? It sounds like a good book. Right. But I must not have actually read it. Did you read A Million Little Pieces? No. I did read that. And this was before they found out that, you know, some of that, I guess he had lied about James Frey. He had... I don't know anything about it, so I don't know what okay. you're about. Okay, so it's this guy, he's... He writes about his experience going into rehab. So it becomes a bestseller because it becomes an Oprah book club book. Well, then they found out that it was, most of it was made up. Well, I mean, isn't that what books are? Right, but he had passed it off as like... A nonfiction, like memoir? Like, um, like a memoir. Oh, okay, okay. But it's still critically acclaimed because those things that happen in the book apparently are things that really do happen. But it was a really good book. That's called Creative License. I don't know if he wrote anything after that. But it was, it was still really good. It was a really, it was, I mean, I was probably, again, too young to, most of my books have been before my time, but. A lot of my books are kind of depressing. Yes. Probably shouldn't have read them when I did, and that's probably why I remember them. Another depressing one, our, so our mom was in school, right? Mm-hmm. So she had a lot of books that she had to read, and then and they were like, on like an August book. No, I was going to say As I Lay Dying by William Faulkner. William Faulkner. Okay. Okay. Yes. That's what I meant. I think I had to read A Light in August. Okay. I didn't read that. For some reason, I was thinking the author's name was August, but. As I Lay Dying was, I remember being. I remember that book laying around the house all the time. It was so sad. And 19, 20-year-old Misty read it and was just like torn apart by it. But it was. So good. William Faulkner is an incredible author. Yeah, I had to read a light in August in high school. I don't really remember it. I just, if I have to read a book for school, I'm going to hate it. It doesn't It doesn't matter what it is. I remember thinking that he wrote very wordy. I kind of like the corrections. Yeah. I don't know how much you, how far are you in the corrections? I'm about halfway through. Very wordy. There's no dialogue. And we'll talk about that. During the actual episode, but I don't like it when things get like I need to know the I need to know the basics, but I don't really want to know a whole lot of the details. Right, but but yeah, that's all I remember about Faulkner. Had I read the book on my own, then I would probably be like, oh my god, I love it. Book. But if you make me read any book, and I'm going to hate it, that's a surefire way to make me hate a book is to tell me I have to. So y'all should get out there and read the corrections. Do it right now. <laughs> okay, two words: Angela's ashes. 
I never read that. I don't read Holocaust oh. stuff. Okay, I thought I gave it to you to read, Frank McCourt. Well, you might have given it to me, but that does okay. not guarantee I'll read it. Angela's Ashes. It's like an assignment. Angela's Ashes is now, as an adult, you should read it. I've read it a few times. Actually, I rebought it, and I took it on vacation with us, and I read it on the plane, and I read it in the, in the hotel, and I read it on the way back, and it was it's just so good. It's just so good. You have to read Angela's Ashes. I read Diary of Anne Frank. That's a good one, too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not really about the same thing. Well, you just said it was Holocaust. No, it's not. A, it's not during. The, it's not about the Holocaust. What's wrong with me? Did you it's, not just say that? No, I heard Holocaust. I didn't say it was during the Holocaust. Angela's oh. Ashes is Irish, and it's about oh. the Irish. What is it? The famine? they have like a civil war or something. And you know, this family I learned goes, about it on Dairy Girls. Oh, Did I you love Dairy, Dairy Girls. Girls. It's so good. Yes, that show is laugh out loud funny. Dairy Girls is and is I also great. had to have subtitles because I was like, "What is this? What are they saying? What is so? This? It's Irish. They move to New York. They try to settle in New York, and she gets burned alive. No, <laughs> wonder where the ashes come. No, out. <laughs> her ashes are her children oh because they kept getting whatever disease was going on during this time. I'm not reading that right now. It's really good. Angel's Ashes is a classic. I bet it's, it is really good, but it sounds really depressing. It's really not. It's not depressing. The Now, the movie, I watched that one not too long ago, too. There are some parts in it that are, of course, sad. But it's not, I wouldn't really say it was depressing. Oh. Well, I think that about sums up my, my teen years for a very, very long time. I would read during the summer when I was in high school. But for the most part, during high school through college, I did not read for fun. I didn't even read what I was supposed to read. I did a book report at some point. I just read the spark notes. And my teacher's like, oh, very good job. Very evident that you read the book. And I'm like, oh, I didn't read that. <laughs> but I didn't read for a very, very long time. It wasn't until I had babies uh-huh. and I would be breastfeeding the kids I would read on my phone because my first child was very finicky, and if you sighed heavy, he would wake up. It was awful. So I couldn't watch TV, or <laughs> if, I, if I needed to sit there, like, if I had to sit there, and you know, just long nights. He sounds I would, fine. Yeah. I would read. So I, it actually kind of ignited the spark to read again, and I didn't have any assignments to read, so reading was fun again. So I, I like, really started reading a lot after I had him. From my adult years, I kind of made like a top 10 list. I think that my, if you were to ask me what's your favorite book and I had to pick one, Mm -hmm. I would probably say Night Circus by Erin Morgenstern. It's about this magical circus and it just shows up at nighttime. It's only there from like sunset to sunrise. They've kind of got like a following of people and these two magicians are kind of pitted against each other to see who can make the best magical tent. It's kind of got a little twist. I don't really want to give it away. But it's just, it's one of those books where at some point I would stop and be like, that was just a beautifully written sentence. Oh, that's... You know what I mean? Just one Mm -hmm. of those. I will recognize the way things are written. Most of the time it's because that was awfully written. Right. If I read a book and there's too many instances where I'm like, that was awkward, right. I won't even finish the book. But then there's also instances, very, very rare, but it does happen, where you stop because it's written so well. You just have to take it in. Yes. It's right. almost like you're looking at art. You know, you kind of have to like reread it just to appreciate it. So I think that's that's kind of like what's up with the Night Circus. And it doesn't have a lot of 
adult themes going on. I don't remember it. It might, honestly. I don't, you know how books are. Right. But I think, I don't think it does. So it's, it's a little bit of like a more mild book, which is not normally the kind of book that I like to read. She actually wrote another book that I started reading, The Starless Sea. And it's another kind of magical book. And I started reading it. It's really, really good. But I read on my phone. I read on the Libby app. And you get it for three weeks. And I didn't finish it in my three weeks. Right. And it was on hold. Somebody else had it. So I wasn't able to, like, recheck it out again immediately. So I haven't I haven't gotten to finish it. And at this point, I probably just need to start it over. I've never heard of Night Circus. Another one I like is Let's Pretend This Never Happened. Oh, my God. By Jenny Lawson. Love Such her. a good book. That one's more of, like, a memoir. She talks about mental health and anxiety and depression and dealing with how she grew up. And it is laugh out loud funny. it is literally laugh out loud it is so funny i copied her because she got a big metal chicken and stuck it on someone's doorstep <laughs> and yep. it said like knock knock motherfucker right on it so you went out of town i right. went and bought this big ass metal chicken and put a sign around its neck that said knock knock motherfucker and i scared the hell out of us when, when we got home when you got home because he yes. was just looking in the window he was just looking at us and he's huge he's probably five feet we tall. still have him oh yeah he's about, he's taller than elliot another one of my faves is the strange and beautiful sorrows of ava lavender by leslie walton have you ever heard of that one no i think i stumbled upon that one it wasn't really it was just kind of there and I picked it up I will pick a book because of its cover oh I, I'm so guilty of that 1000 percent. this one had like a really cool cover because the cover is a feather but I think the words of the title kind of form the the fe- like feather the, sprouts okay. <laughs> uh, feather ends <laughs> <laughs> anyway I picked it up because of that kind of a magical book it's about this girl Ava Lavender and she is born with wings Okay. And her mom or her parents, can't remember, she lives by the parents, they keep her hidden because they know that people are not going to react well to her with wings. So it's a bit of a coming of age story. She grows up and she's, you know, she's 15, 16, whatever, and decides she doesn't want to be stuck in the house because uh, nobody wants to be stuck in the house. She goes out and she's very naive and she get, gets taken advantage of and she is just savagely attacked and it was oh my God, I just could not believe what was happening in the book. It was, if you don't want to be depressed, don't read this book. But it was one of those books where it just sticks with you and like you you go back to it and you're like, oh, what could she have done differently? I mean, they're book characters. But they're, you know, at some point you're like, oh, I haven't seen what Ava's up to in a couple hours. Let me go read some more of my book. You know, it's like, like, what are my friends doing? Right, they've become part of your reality. Yeah, so that was just, that one's a really, it's really good though. My next one is called The Luckiest Girl Alive by Jessica Knoll. When I looked it up, I actually saw that they're making this into a movie in next year, a Netflix movie starring Mila Kunis. Really? I love Mila Kunis. I do too. It's about this highly respected woman. She recounts her teenage years and growing up whenever she went to this school. And this book has like Gone Girl twist in it. Ooh. So I don't want to say anything else about it. You think it's going one way, and you think you figured it out, and there's absolutely no way you're going to figure out the end of this book. It is... Twisty-turny? Basically just one twist, but you're... It's just crazy. I listened to that book, and I think it only... It took me probably two days to listen to it, because I was just, like, craving to listen really? to it. Really? I really wanted yeah. to know, like, what was going to happen. 
Another book I like is called The Thinking Woman's Guide to Real Magic by Emily Croy Barker. And I didn't realize this one, but it ended and you knew there was going to be another one. And the second book's already out. So Lucky for you. Read hmm. it. This one, I don't want to say... So this this lady kind of falls into this fairy land. Okay. And it sounds What weird. is it with you? Like, <laughs> what? I think that I read to, like, escape real life. Uh... Boy, do you? <laughs> yeah. So I not really just like, escape real life, but like escape fairies everything. and magic and yes. top hats, like and rabbits. I need definitely top hats. I need frogs with canes, <laughs> right? Singing. I need all of that. But I really like time travel and I really like magic. This one had both. Yay! And I don't want it to sound like you know, there's like fairies with wings and they're fluttering around. These are like bad fairies. Okay. There's like monsters. Okay. So she falls in with these bad fairies and she has to escape and. I think it's like some wizard teaches her some magic or something. But it's it's a really long book. But that one, I liked it. I remember being like, oh my god, I need to know what happens in the next one. Never heard of it. All right, I feel like I'm getting boring. I'm only, I'm only five in. You want to give some of yours and then I'll give my next? Okay, so Choke. Oh, is that a Chuck Palahniuk yes. book? It is. I remember I... Choke. Yes, you okay. had that book, yes. and it just says choke on the front, right. all in lowercase. And it was I like, remember a cover of, of a book. Before and it was like, you know, the anatomy of a, like... Like the muscles and yes. stuff. Yes. So choke, I read after Fight Club, and Fight Club was amazing. The movie, actually... The movie was... I think <laughs> I watched the movie before I read the book. Right. The, I mean, the movie, obviously, is... Really good. Oh, my God. I watched it a couple months ago because my husband had never seen Fight Club. Even I've seen Fight Club. I mean, come, come on. on. I don't know. Yandon. had never seen Fight Club. Ed Norton. What? Just, mm. oh, and Brad Pitt. Oh, my God. I read somewhere that he got holes drilled in his teeth for that movie to make himself look uglier. And I have this thing with teeth. <sighs> I've never looked at him the same. He, look, he did have to open his mouth. He's just beautiful. And the, the movie was great, and the book was great. And so I read Choke, and Choke was excellent. Choke was very good. I think I read that in my early 20s, and it was it had some, some parts in it that were very adult, but it was really, really good one. My One of my favorite books, actually, is American Psycho. That's a Christian Slater movie? The movie, yes. Okay, and so again, the movie is... Excellent. I love. It I didn't was know that was a Christian book. Bale. Christian Bale. Yeah. Okay. Christian Slater. Right. I no. don't watch movies, and I'm trying to like rattle off uh, <laughs> actors' names like I know them personally. Christian Slater in the new Dear John, the Betty Broderick. Is Christian Slater in Mr. Robot? I don't know. I think he is. Christian Slater used to be a hottie. Now he just looks old. He's like someone's dad. Definitely. But <laughs> American Psycho with Christian Bale is. What? I checked out American Psycho from the library maybe about two years ago. I had to put it down because something, there's a shift that happens after you have kids. Yes. There's a big shift between early 20s and late 30s when you have children. And there were parts of that book that were very sexual that I had to skip over. And there were parts where I actually had to put down the book. It's I'm still very weird about any kind of sexual stuff. I I love true crime. You know this. You and right. I both love true crime so much. But there are certain things I need people to just be like, oh, she was raped and murdered. I do not want or need to hear any of those details because I, I can't. Cannot right. do it. Now, the, at all. And this like, was, have you heard of the podcast Real Life Real Crime? Yes. 
it's a, actually a local podcast. Woody, I want to say Jenkins. but I, I, I think always, you're right. Really? I think so. I feel like I always try to give everyone the last name Jenkins. Do I give my dog Chancellor Jenkins? <laughs> right. Jenkins. <laughs> I can't listen to that because the first one I tried to listen to dealt with children's and sexual crimes. Children's? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it dealt with children and sexual crimes. So, done. Have not, have not oh, no, picked no, up no, that no, podcast no, 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 since no, 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 then because no. you pick up podcasts. Right. You pick them up. <laughs> now, American Psycho, from what I can remember, this wasn't even about sexual assault. This was two consenting adults and the oh, things that they were doing. Geez. That was nauseating to me. Oh. To be honest, I don't even really remember what it was. I just remember laying in bed and my daughter was sleeping next to me and I felt so bad about reading this with her in the bed with me that I put it down. I couldn't. Mm. I had to, like, gloss over it to get past it. When I was in my early 20s... I'd read it out loud to you. Read it out loud. Write it down. Sing it. Oh, my God, girl. Right? Like, whatever, but. Put it on your MySpace. That's right. (laughs) I probably put it on Diary Land when I wrote on, you know, my little online journal. But I couldn't, couldn't read it the way that, the same way. But it's still, it's still a book that it's one of my, my top books because it's just so good. It's so different. So I really liked American Psycho. Uh, Memoir of a Geisha. Again, I've told you this. You just reread that I book. I just reread it because it's just a good one. No matter what time in my life that I've read it, I've just appreciated it as the last time that I read it. Because a lot of times you'll go back and read a book that maybe you read five years ago and you've grown since then. Oh, yeah. So now that book is cheesy. Right. So that one holds up to time. This one holds up. And it's so fascinating. I think every time I've read it, I've gotten something different from it. I'm the kind of person where if I read something, I'm going to stop and Google it. If I watch something true crime, I'm going to stop and Google it. Mm-hmm. I'm a big, like most people are, you research, you fall in the rabbit hole. Oh my God. So every time I read this book, I learn more and more about geisha and how that whole part, parts of that exist and how all of that works and how that worked at one time. And it's just, it's so fascinating to me. And every time I read it, it's a big book. It's a, it's not a, it's not I a quick book. I remember my cousin Andrea reading it. I used to live with my aunt and uncle and my cousin Andrea, well, all of my cousins were very, very big readers, but I remember Andrea reading Memoirs of a Geisha and she, she said it was a really good book and I should read it. But she const she read books like Clan of the Cave Bear, like really mm-hmm. like intimidating books. So I think I started reading it, but I was also, I was maybe like eighth grade at this point and right. I think it was just, it was too much for me. Right. At that age. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a lot. It's one of those books. It's historical. And there's a lot of words that you're unfamiliar with. And to be honest with you, the last time I read it, I still had to stop and kind of Google image search things mm-hmm. so I could put it in my head correctly. You know, like the kimono and like things like that. I didn't understand. I still didn't understand. Memoirs of a Geisha is always, always going to be a top for me. Okay. David Sedaris have to talk about David Sedaris. I actually have, okay, so I have my top 10, but then I also have authors that I really like too, and David Sedaris. I've got five authors on there, and David Sedaris is one of them. I love, I love his style of book. It's mm-hmm. almost like scary stories. You know, like you can read one little chapter and right. be done because it has nothing to do with the chapter. Right, the little short stories, but little essays. And they're, and the, th- the, and most of his books are memoirs. So good. I haven't read one that's not a memoir. No, it's, and it's crazy. It's like, he, how do you still have that many stories? He's got such a good memory. I could probably do, like, I, I don't know. I don't know how he has Look, such a good one. Mem- I can't, one. I can't right. One. But Naked, 
Naked. Do you remember Naked? That's the first one that I read. Right. That was Or was incredible. it Me Talk Pretty One Day? Me Talk. I think mine was Me Talk Pretty One Day and then Naked, maybe? That might have been right. I think, yeah, Me Talk Pretty One Day is written on a chalkboard. Yes. The cover is that written on a chalkboard. And then Naked is just like the underwear. Yes. Naked was really good. And I recently, well, super recently in the last probably three or four years, read Calypso. I read, well, I listened to Calypso. And it was still so good. hilarious. Yeah. Like his family, like him... It, I want to go with him to the C-section, his beach house. Okay, That's yes. That's what he called it, the C-section. <laughs> it's just so, like, I'll meet you there, perfect. Dave. Right. He's just, he's perfect. He seems like the, just one of the most interesting, coolest people you Absolutely. would ever, and he just seems like a genuine person. Like, he yes. doesn't care if you think he's dumb or silly. Like, he's just going to do Super whatever he wants to. He's just authentic yes. in his writing it's just like you put the book down. I mean, I hope. I'd hate to meet him and like he sucks. Right. Like, At least they uh, never meet your heroes. Or he's pompous or something. But <laughs> he's Ew. right. But his books, you read them and you're like, you feel like why, you know are we not, why are we not friends? Yeah, he's awesome. He's a good one. What else do you have on your list? Okay, I have the story life of AJ Fickery by Gabrielle Zevin. It's about <laughs> vampires <laughs> and. <laughs> Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> no. This one's actually about Henri bookstore owner. Ooh. I think someone ends up leaving a toddler in his bookstore. With really? a note that's like, hey, take care of my kid for me, please. Thank you. I can't remember if he dies or she just grows up. But basically the whole book is him recommending books that he loved. And they give life lessons to his daughter. Because he ends up, you know, obviously keeping the child and raising her as his own and kind of bring a new hope and life to him because he was kind of in a dark place whenever it happened. The book is so cool because it mentions over 116 books in that book from The Great Gatsby to the mixed up files of Miss Basil E. Mm, Frankenweiler. So cool. Yes. Whenever you're little, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, Their Eyes Are Watching God. All these books that everyone, even if you haven't read it, you know of them. And then other books, and it makes you want to read those other books. Right. So. It was just, it was almost like the author had this collection of books that she just loved so much and she just kind of wanted to pay homage to them. I'd completely made that up, but that's almost what the book feels like. Right. It gets you excited about reading. It was just kind of a, a different book. So I really liked it. One that's not like that, that I really liked, was called When Breath Becomes Air. Okay. By Paul Kalanithi. So it's an autobiography. He starts writing it. He's like 36 years old. He's about to become a neurosurgeon. Okay. So he's a little smart, young, and he's diagnosed with stage four lung cancer. Oh, goodness. So that's how our dad died. So we right. know a lot about cancer. It's If you're diagnosed with stage four, any kind of lung cancer is not good. Stage four is, that's it. It's your, yeah. So he starts writing this book, and it's, would have hit me the same had Daddy not died mm-hmm. of lung cancer. It was just his struggle, and his and he'd worked his whole life to become a neurosurgeon, and here he was on the cusp of it, and mm-hmm. it's just all taken away, and he actually didn't finish it. Okay. He died before he finished it. That's so sad. So I think his wife actually ended up finishing it. It was I remember laying in bed reading it, and it was just like, I was just crying. It was awful. That sounds sad but it does sound like it's a good book yeah I've got tears in my eyes right now just thinking about it <laughs> <laughs> I'm so emotional <laughs> but, those, oh. but that's a sign of a good book right 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 it was really good and I'm not usually one to read like a, a non-fiction book right I'm obviously and then 
he time travels back. Oh, of course he does. <laughs> See? No, I'm more of like, a, I want to read about the magic. So I don't want to read about like real stuff. Real stuff, yeah. I want to read about stuff that's kind of like an escapism. I also really liked Stiff. I read that book. Oh, I loved Stiff. That yes. was a, that's different. You gave me that book. That was your recommendation. Read that book. And it's so cool because we like true crime. Right. And it kind of goes into the like medical aspect mm-hmm. of cadavers yes. what they're used for i didn't know this but whatever doctors first became a thing they would have to go steal bodies right to to, to practice on to, to practice con- on yeah and it was against the law so if they got caught stealing the bodies they would be arrested but they need you needed you know you needed to figure out where the organs went and what went here so they would actually go like grave digging grave grave That's, robbing right okay. grave robbing the bodies kind to of operate on to learn about. They also talk about science of trying to figure out how quickly bodies decompose in different environments and the stages right. of like the bugs so you can figure out how long the body's been there. And I thought that was really cool. Also because our mom went to occupational therapy school. Right. In New Orleans. Yes. And she had she had to learn all the muscles and stuff of the body. So I went to school with her one day and she brought me into the cadaver Cadaver room. The cadaver room. Oh. Uh, I still remember the cadaver room. I remember the smell. I remember how cold it was and the students were like eating lunch I walked in the student was eating lunch and setting the hamburger down on the wrapper but on the body okay I while he was studying I didn't see anything like that when I went but I just remember this big room with probably 30 or 40 dead bodies in it just laying there just on the table if you don't know whenever you donate your body to science you're donating them to students and to research Mm-hmm. And so our mom was an occupational therapist in training at LSU Medical Center. And so her woman, Miss Biddy, Miss Biddy had breast cancer. She was an older lady. She was though. older. I didn't know she had breast cancer. She did. She died of breast cancer. She was probably in her, what, 60s, maybe? 70s? I thought she had like uh, that old woman, like grandma. She gray had gray hair. Ha- gray hair, and she was older. Even at home, when our mom would talk about her day and what she did, we knew her, this lady. And so she, we respected her even at home. And so I went to go with our mom one day and it was, I mean, I was maybe 17, 18 years old. And it was so strange to me that everyone was so relaxed. I didn't see anyone eat on their person, but maybe they, I hope not because I feel like that's a little disrespectful. Sometimes I see things and I like fit them into my memories when they shouldn't be there. So maybe I did that. Like, I could have watched that on TV and then be like, oh, yeah, that happened in my real life. <laughs> right. It was on, it was on like, you know, first 48 or whatever. Something. I don't know. And they had a, like, a ceremony of life service oh, yeah, afterwards. At the, at the end. for everybody. But that was, that was very different. Well, I think that's why I really liked Stiff because I had that memory that I could kind of relate to. And Right. I it just know, made it a little more real. Right. Right. Because, I mean, most of the time people don't, you don't talk about dead bodies. I also, I was telling, I was getting my nails done and the lady sitting next to me, I think our kids maybe, you know, like I'd recognized her. We didn't, didn't know her, but I recognized her. So I was checking up a conversation with her and we were talking and I think that I told her about that book and she was like, oh, well, I actually work at the funeral home. She's oh. like, if you like that book, you might like this book called Confessions of a Funeral Director. She was like, I recommend this book to everyone because I think a lot of people are scared of death and they don't talk about it enough. Right. And that book was, so I ended up reading it and it was really good. It was. So it wasn't like, 
Stiff was more the medical side of mm-hmm. dead bodies. The confessions of a funeral director was the emotional side and dealing with death and everything like that. So the confessions of a funeral director when somebody wanted to do their mom's makeup whenever she died. And mm-hmm. everyone's like, no, 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 you don't do the makeup. The, the people at the funeral house do the makeup. And the funeral director guy was like, no, this is... That this is such a good way to show your mom respect. Right. And, you know, kind of like your final... You know what your mom likes. We don't. Yeah, it's like your final act of caring. Right. So it kind of made death a little bit more... Like you could human. Deal with, human, and mm-hmm. you can deal with it better. Not as, like, uh, taboo. Right. I guess that was a really good book, too. All right, and my last book is... God, those are some really depressing books. <laughs> no, I have two more. The Roanoke Girls by Amy Engel. It's about these two cousins, and they spend the summer, I think one of them, their mom, had just committed suicide, and they go back to their grandparents' house, and it's another one with a twist. It's just a crazy book. It's really good. I've heard of it. I don't want to, I don't want to give away the twist, so I don't want to say anything else about it, but it's definitely worth a read. And my last one is Looking for Alaska by John Green. I love, okay, I love John Green. Uh-huh. I actually have, John Green is one of my authors with David Sedaris. He is amazing. He's the author of The Fault in Our Stars. Yes. And An Abundance of Catherines. But Looking for Alaska is about a kid named Miles who goes, who ends up going to boarding school. And he's kind of like a, you know, nerdy kid. Right. Whatever, like not, a, not very popular, I guess. And he's. This beautiful, just, like, charming girl named Alaska kind of pulls him into, like, her her circle. You know, you, you we've all met those people that are just so bubbly and everyone around. Like, people just want to be around. Not people me. People gravitate towards right. them. It's right. No, it's not me. Either. It's not me. Either. <laughs> no. But, you know, you know the type of people that I'm right. talking about. That's how Alaska is. And she's involved in a, a tragedy and it just kind of turns his world upside down. And it's him trying to figure out what happened. That one was just, it was such a good book. I do like John Green. He's excellent. He's. I mean, it's young adult, but I love young adult. I do like young, young adult. A lot of that, even as an adult, you can still relate to because you've been through that. And exactly. so, you know, I, when you're young adult and you're reading young adult books, you feel like you can identify with that. But an adult going back to read young adult, it's like you take more from it because you, you've already been through it. And also... An adult, you don't have very many firsts, or I guess, I mean, you have exciting situations, but everything's so much more exciting whenever you're younger. So to like kind of relive or to read books told from a younger person's perspective where they're not like, I guess, tarnished from the world or they don't have very much world experience and everything's new to them is kind of refreshing. So I really, I really do. I will take a young adult book any day. I love them. I do. And they're shorter and they're, they're usually easier to read. They're easier to read. They're not right. like, you don't have to pull out the, the dictionary right. to understand what's going on. So I like them. They're fun. Do you remember the Home for Peculiar Children? Ransom Riggs is yes. on my list as one of my favorite authors. So you've yes. now listed three of my five favorite authors. Okay, so I read the first two. I had the third one to read. I pre-ordered it. Mm-hmm. So I got it in, and I we were moving at the time, and I wasn't able to read it, so I put it on the bookshelf. And then we flooded and lost the book. I need to go back. Actually, I want to go back and reread all of the books. I actually read those books because that is probably the most unique reading experience that I've ever had. It's and he has all the pictures that he got from garage sales and estate sales. Yes. So Ransom Riggs, what he does is he goes to the garage sales and the estate sales. He looks through old photos 
and he just finds like crazy photos and he writes his book around the photos that he found. Right. So when I heard they were making a movie about it, you know, the movie does stand on its own. It's a good movie. But if you have read the books, they do not compare. No, 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 no. And the, the, the reason the pictures are important is because it's like writing a book about the circus. And so there's all these peculiar children and they all have different, you know, one might be like a bearded girl. I think one of them um, had bees he could control. Right. And so it sounds floated. strange. And it's, sometimes it's hard to imagine those things. But then you have a picture right Not there. Not for me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love a magical book. I know you do. It's like. I liked that because the picture was right there. And the picture was a real picture. It was an of, actual for, photograph. It was an actual photograph of something, of for whatever reason. Yeah. And they're all in black and white. They're all older. It's amazing. That, those books were those books, just so neat. Oh, my God. I they're incredible. I they didn't make any more in Mrs. Peregrine's books because they got so imaginative. They were almost far-fetched. Well, they were, but there's just no good way to make that into it. Like, it was too good to be limited to a screen. Right, you right. Know, like, you need the depth of your imagination to actually understand what's happening. They were just... So, they, they just won't, don't fit on your TV. They were phenomenal. Like, they were in, incredible. Incredible. Does he only have four? So, it's Mrs. Peregrine's, Hollow City, Library of Souls, and Map of Days. Okay. Isn't there... Is there another one? I thought there was four. Okay. I only read two and I got the third so I've only read the first two I think I've read them all they're they're really they are really good and they we read them as adults I mean they're not older well, books they came the first one came out whenever like I don't know 2007 ish I was right. in college right I mean I was came out. you know in my 30s when I yeah when I read them just great books and they're they're books that I would I read them on my phone or on my kindle but I would highly recommend buying those books because of the pictures the library, yes because of the pictures they just add, I mean, like I said, just the most unique reading experience ever. Just loved it. And they're not long. No. But you get... And they're so, easy reads. They are. You, you want to know. They're page turners. They are. They definitely are. And they're, they're... I can't talk about them enough because they really are just really, really great books. And they're for everybody. Right. So let's talk about something else then. Okay. <laughs> so I, you know, recent reads, I did try to read... Where the Crawdads Sing. I did too. Yeah. And I think I got like three pages in. It was Couldn't done. do it. Couldn't do it. Tried to read Little Fires Everywhere. I love that book. I can't do it. You told me how good it was. And I know I know it's a series. I know it's, it's a show. Celeste. How do you say that? Ning. Ning. So, okay. She also wrote. I read the other. Everything I Never Told You. Everything I Never Told Okay. That book. Excellent. So good. I, was excellent. And I was so excited to read Little Fires Everywhere. And when you're older, you make time for what you want right and it wasn't want wasn't worth your time it just it just wasn't it was good i know sometimes i do this the first few chapters or even on like if we're watching a netflix series the first episode is like backstory right the first few chapters are always kind of like boring but if you just push through yeah they're good i couldn't do it but you know hbo had the chernobyl series and i loved it then yes, I listened to the podcast, so the podcast that went with each episode. Did you do that? Did you listen no. to? Okay, so you watch an episode, and then they, the producers and the directors, released a podcast the next day. Oh, okay. So you could watch the episode and listen to the podcast where they kind of went through why things happened the way they did 
Okay. And it was excellent. Oh, dang. I wish I'd have done that. So I want, I'm actually going to go back and rewatch Chernobyl. Jax, my son, loves Chernobyl and any type of nuclear fallout. Oh, <laughs> He's great. just, a, he, you know, like, you know, when we test the, uh, the nuclear plant at St. Francisville, we can hear it from here. I, th- so we're close enough to the nuclear power plant. And Jax is fascinated by that. So I loved the HBO series. You know, this happened when mid eighties, early eighties. So I was little and I barely remember anything about it. As an adult, I find it, I don't want to say fascinating because it's a horrific story. No, no, no. But it's that, it's the thing with true crime. Right. We're, as people, I don't know if we're normal people. I feel like we are. <laughs> yeah, we're women. We want to hear about things. Right. And why they happen. We want to hear about horrific events. Right. You don't want to hear about, and I, you know, like the whole government involvement or involvement and cover up was just fascinating to me, as well as things that they did to the surrounding towns and, and all of that. I've told you I want to go to, yes. you know, the inclusion zone you and all and of us. Or wanting to go. I do. I, I would go in a second. So I read, I watched the series, listened to the podcast, and then Voices from Chernobyl, which is a book that came out in 2015, I believe. It's a group of stories from people who were in Chernobyl. Like when it happened. When it happened. And I read that in a ma- just a couple of days. And so mm. that was really, I'm really to add good. i that to my list. It's, I mean, your theme is fantasy and escape. Mine is depressing AF and <laughs> I don't like react. tragic turn of events. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I get it. I like murder and I like I don't really like survivor stories to be perfectly. You want honest. everyone to die? It's not that. It's that I like almost can't handle the heartbreak of it. Right. If they're dead, they can't say the horrible things that they went through. Right. We can kind of glaze over it. Like I just said, like I don't need, <laughs> I don't even know the details. Just need to know that it happened. And maybe like with Chernobyl, you, you do get a couple of individual people's stories. Right. In there, but it's mm-hmm. mostly like as a whole. I still like, I, I want to go back and I want to rewatch it. And I really did like that series. And so that kind of prompted a little bit of reading for me. Also, Ballad of Billy Balls, which was a podcast, it was really, really good. I believe there's probably like 10 or 12 episodes. Like a comedy? No. It sounds like it. No. It was by Io Tillett Wright. Let me tell you what it sounds like. I'm thinking, who's the guy, uh, School of Rock guy? Jack Black? Yes, Jack Tenacious Black. D? Okay. I'm thinking Tenacious D. And he's like going around town to town and he's like singing about things that happen in the town square. Is that what the Ballad of Billy Balls is about? No, it's not Jesus Ranch. Okay. Ballad of Billy Balls. In short, it was a model who fell in love with a rock star. He was shot. They lived in New York. Oh, this is real? Yes, this is real. Oh. This is real. This is like a true crime story. And the daughter, Io Tillett Wright, went and helped her mom kind of figure out what happened to him. There's a memoir that was written called Darling Days. And it was by Io Tillett Wright about her and her mom. And if you haven't read it, it's just, it's heartbreakingly bad, but it's just really, really good. It's a really good book. Also, I read that and then I read The Glass Castle I don't know if you've read The Glass Castle by Jeanette Walls. Um, is that the book that Landon read for six years? 
Um, that's the man on. That's the man in the high castle. Okay. <laughs> anyway, every no. time, every time we see Landon, he's like, oh, "I'm reading the, the man, man in the, the high castle." castle. It's no. been like the, it's how long been, have y'all been married? Um, we've been married eleven years. So it's been at least eleven years. At least he's, he's been working on that book. <laughs> Our husbands are not readers. No, no. So Glass Castle, in short, is another memoir. Terrible childhood. So you have this theme with terrible ch- I childhoods. I childhoods. Childhoods. Childrenhoods. Childrenhoods. <laughs> Uh, it is. It's a reoccurring theme. Mm. Uh, I did like The Glass Castle. It was, it was excellent. So I have not read For Fun in a long time. I have really kind of gravitated towards self-help books for the past few years. I've not read that many self-help books. I think I've read two. Uh, or was not really even self-help? Maybe. I read a book called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. That was a, excellent. That's I read that one. It was really good. Okay. So... I can go ahead and just sum up the whole book for you in, in one sentence. Get off social media. Yep. That's the whole, that's how you don't give a fuck. Right. And, and kind of true. It, yeah. I didn't, I think I gave up social media, I gave up Facebook for Lent. Gosh, the muscle memory. I would open up my phone and my thumb would just go to Facebook. Mm-hmm. It took me probably two weeks. It took me half of Lent to break that habit. But after that, oh. So great. And you almost don't want to get back on. You don't want to get back on. But then for whatever reason, like, you end up getting back on. I, I had to for this or that reason. And then here I am back, back on it again. But it's just, it's so nice. It's, it is. And it's so nice to be on it, too. Right. But you kind of got to limit yourself. So what I did was on my phone, I set myself a 30-minute time limit. So I get, gave myself 30 minutes a day, which is, I should probably do 10. Because it's so easy just to sit and scroll. Do you get your it. screen time reports on Sunday? Yes. What is your average? Um, I think it, well, I read on my phone. Oh, oh well, that's not an excuse. Okay. What's your average? So it's usually around three hours. A day? Three hours a day. Okay. Mine's usually like five. Hours a day? Yeah. But mine's also emails. Yes. So I wish they would break it down. They do break it down. They, well, I don't open it. <laughs> I just get that okay. notification. Okay, well, next time open it and it'll give you. Okay, well, that's good. Because I just assume it's Facebook and Instagram. And I'm like, what? That's not true. But yeah, I am on it. <laughs> and then I also well, I listened to Modern Romance by oh Aziz Ansari. He's so good. Okay, he wrote the book. Okay. And he read the book. Okay. It had charts and graphs. It was a legit nonfiction book about dating in this computer era and what I learned was I'm really glad I don't have to date in this computer era because it sounds hard so by listening to the audiobook I definitely missed out on parts and graphs and stuff it was just so funny listening to him talk about it and it was it was a really good book I, I was actually surprised by it because I don't do nonfiction, and it was funny I loved it I he's so and good it does though. not relate to me at all I'm right married not looking for love I don't know how people date these days. Don't really care, but it was it was good. I'm telling you, if something were to happen to Landon, I'd just be single. I would just raise my kids. Just get another dog. I, I don't know. No, I don't if I do that, dog. I don't want another dog. No, <laughs> absolutely not. Um, I just couldn't do it. This I'm gonna so date with work. Well, with like TikTok and and look, I love TikTok. All right, yeah. you know, I, I mean, constant. I can't even open half your text because I'm like, nope, I'll get sucked into this TikTok. And <laughs> I said you five minutes later. I'll you're be scrolling so full through TikTok. of it. I might send you twi- two a week. They're always so funny though. <laughs> well, cool. I like the one of the Barbie doll on the uh, the stand mixer. Yeah, <laughs> she's being a stripper. <laughs> They're genius. They're so funny. They're so funny. But no, I I don't think I could date with TikTok and especially Instagram or anything where I have to swipe. I don't want to swipe. Well, anything where 
anything I can say or we talk about or anything can come back to haunt me because you have the receipts. I also watch enough ID channel and listen to enough true crime podcasts where everyone that you're going to meet on the internet is obviously going to murder you. And they're married. And they're they have another married. family. Yeah, they're all secret married. Lives. Secret lives. And they want you, you for your money. They're going to get a life in- As soon as y'all get together, oh my God. they're buying life insurance policy. Life insurance policy. And then with the next like, 24 hours, because you can't wait. you got to make it as obvious as right. you can. They're going to kill you. They're going to yeah. take you out on the lake. Even though yeah. you've never been in a lake. I would be like, let's go. Do I need to bring this thunderlock that's right. out here next to the let boat? Get, Do we need this for some reason? Do I need a rope? Let me get these ropes. What about these handcuffs? What? Masking tape? Excellent idea. Perfect. We don't need life jackets. <laughs> Why would we need life jackets? Stupid. Oh, and let's get super drunk. Hey, what about this gun? Right. <laughs> you need a gun? A couple of them? We probably do need a gun in case we see an alligator. Right. You're so smart. I'm so glad I met you on Tinder. Right. That's the only one I know, Tinder. <laughs> Tinder and I don't, that. Uh, Bumblebee? There's <laughs> Grinder. There might be. No, there is a Grinder. There's a ton of. Grinder app is for if like, if Tinder is for like, if you just want to hook up. Grinder is for like, if you just wanted to get down and dirty. Like, yeah. There's, but there's. But like, that's... I didn't want to have a drink before. We just need to <laughs> get together, get it done, and I got to go. There's, there's apps for anything. Oh, yeah. Any, if you have a foot fetish, if you have an ankle bone fetish. If how, you did we, have... how did we get here? <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. Okay. Do you want to hear my other two favorite artists? Because I have five. Artists? Or artists. Authors? <laughs> authors. Tell me. Okay. I had John Green. I had David Sedaris. I had <laughs> Ransom Riggs. I have Rambo Rao. Mm-hmm. Um, I discovered Rambo Rao because you told me I should read Eleanor and Park, which yes. is also another disturbing childhood book right such a good book i went on to read more of her books she's got attachment she's got landline she's got a book called carry on which is like very harry potter so but oh. like adult adult gay harry potter okay and it worked it was so good and then there's then she wrote a book called fangirl which is about carry on uh, yes fangirl or i think carry on actually came from fangirl one of the two so rainbow and it's young adult they're very Small books, they're easy reads, they are so heartfelt, the, you will laugh, you will cry. But they're full of, they're just impactful. The, she is amazing. She really is. Is her name really Rainbow, or is that just like a pen name? I don't know, but that's e- awesome either way. I wonder if her real name is something else and she picked Rainbow because she really liked reading Rainbow as a kid. I'm going to make that happen because in my <laughs> mind, that is just like the best story. Well, if she's listening to this podcast. Oh, Miss Rowell, can you please email us at talkingshitterature at gmail.com and let us know if that's your real name? Please. Right. Thank you. Please. We could just look it up, but I'd rather hear from you. Right. And my last favorite artist is Jillian Arthur. Flynn. Jillian Flynn. Oh, I don't know okay. how we have not talked about a Jillian Flynn book until, <sighs> until an hour and 32 minutes. I'll tell you why. Because, because... Did you hear the dog? He's <laughs> like, God, why do you have to bring up Jillian Flynn? Because that's a lot. She is so good. But I tell you what, sharp objects in dark places... Oh, God. Yes. ...sent me. Okay, Gone Girl. I read that book before it became a movie. And when I found out they were making it into a movie, I'm like, well, there's just no way. Right. And they didn't do it very well. No nope. Great acting. If you hadn't read the book, you'd probably think it was a great movie. If you read the book, you were like, uh, You don't need to nah. see the movie. I did not think Gone Girl was as dark as... No, Gone Girl is definitely her easier read. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. And so, sure. you know, read Gone Girl 
before it came out. And I don't think I've ever seen the movie. Don't watch it. It's not worth um, it. I, I mean, they like, had to leave out so much of the book because it's a pretty big size. It's book. oh my god! It took me a, a while to get through it. So that would like, have been an eighteen-hour movie. So let me just read Sharp Objects. Oh, let's just go. Sharp Objects was the most disturbing book I think I've ever read. That book was just—I had the biggest book hangover. I don't think I read a book for a month after that book because. I would it, think I was scared of books, to be honest with you. That book almost made me want to throw up, but it was good. <gasps> it was so So, good. they actually made Sharp Objects into, uh, like, a miniseries, didn't they? They did, and I see it come up as a recommendation. I will not. I will not. No, I don't not. think that it's going to be, it could be as good. I mean, I could be wrong. Because it's a miniseries, it could be eight episodes, so right. they probably could do it better than Gone Girl, because you can't condense, you couldn't condense it into a movie, but if you have eight hours as opposed to two hours you could probably do it better justice maybe so after that book i had like i didn't read for a really long time because it was just oh it's just but i had this jillian flynn sized hole in my heart right that i had to fill so i read dark places and it is it dark it, places yeah dark okay places. That's, okay sharp objects and dark places i, I always get them confused because they sound the same to me they do and sharp it's and two dark. words yep yep two words it lived up. That was a good one. It and was really good. I was looking at podcasts the other day. Rosamund Pike okay. who played the woman on Gone Girl. Mm-hmm. She also played on I Care A Lot. She plays this psycho bitch in everything. I've only seen her in those two things because I don't watch movies. But she just plays the psycho bitch so great. It's like... Like it's... conniving. Like smartest, meanest person you've ever met. Rosamund Pike is in a podcast called Edith. Okay. And it's about Edith Wilson, Woodrow Wilson's wife. Okay. And I actually had to look this up, and I think this did happen. Woodrow Wilson ended up having a stroke and being, like, down for the count for a few weeks, six to eight weeks or so. Edith Wilson, like, didn't tell anyone, and she was basically president for that time. Oh. So in this podcast, <laughs> okay. this podcast is so funny. She's in it. She plays the great conniving bitch. It's really funny, too. It's really? Like, it's, it's that kind of humor that you and I appreciate where it's, like, just dark sarcasm dark dry yes yes so i highly recommend it's just called edith yeah um, if you look it up on like apple podcast or wherever you get your podcast oh. then you'll find it and it's it's funny i read dark places back when my daughter was in ballet or she was at dance and gymnastics and i felt so bad about reading this book amongst moms and children that I why did you have kids <laughs> I took the book and I hid it like while I was reading just to make sure nobody was able to like look over my shoulder not that that would happen but it was just so dark and icky that couldn't just read it at home because I couldn't wait to go find out what happens but I also would just retreat to my car so that nobody wouldn't see what I was reading well completely different note I, there's a young adult book. It's a trilogy. It's called A Court of Thorns and Roses. It's kind of, to me, it seems like it's based kind of on Beauty and the Beast. Guess what it's about? Fairies. Fairies and castles and magic. Okay, so I'm learning a lot about you today, which is crazy because I've... We've known each other our whole lives. Our whole lives, and I never knew that Okay. you liked The Hobbit. I do not like The <laughs> Hobbit because that was assigned reading when I was in school, yeah. so I've absolutely never read The Hobbit. Our Lord of the also, Rings. Also, um, we watched last year. My New Year's resolution was to watch like the sixty greatest movies, one hundred greatest movies of all time. Because I don't watch any movies, and I'm so sick of people being like, <gasps> "You never saw this movie." So I was like, "Okay, fine, I'll watch the movies." Why? Well, Lord of the Rings was on there. Oh God. 
the most boring movie. And it's like I've ever uh, wasted my time. They we're three hours into this first movie, and they hadn't even gotten the ring. Right. Then like, even, Jamie's like, oh, well, they get better. They get better. I'm like, they I even, will never know because I'm not watching this anymore. Three hours into it, they haven't even mentioned it yet. It's like, forget about they it. they got to go get it from my precious. Right. <laughs> so, no. Couldn't take. Watching that movie was almost as bad as reading The Handmaid's Tale. Okay. That you told me that. book was awful. I hated it. It was boring. The show must be completely not based. Well, on the see, book. you told me. Well, you told me I read The Handmaid's Tale, and this was right whenever the series was starting. And you told me how bad the book was, so I avoided the show because the show. Everyone says it's so good. So, so I, I don't know what they did during quarantine. I watched Handmaid's Tale, and I think you need to. Why do you think you need to watch the show? So that would be one of the rare instances where the show is actually better than the book. Maybe so. Because the show, I can't imagine you reading this and hating it. Because what, from what you told me, it doesn't really line up. It was it was hard. I only read it because everyone was talking about it. Right. And I don't have Hulu. Right. And, you know, I don't pay for anything because it's cheap. Cheap. So I read the book because <laughs> I was like, oh, I'll just read this book on this library app. It's going to be free. Ugh. I kept pushing through because I was like, well, maybe it's just like this boring backstory stuff. And it ended and I was like, oh my God, boring And then all of a sudden it's over. And you're like, what? And I was like, thank God. No. Handmaid's Tale is, it's a, it's a good one. I need to finish. I have so many more books on my list. Oh, uh, we could go on and on we for days. We could go on and on. We are, we are now, we've been talking for six and a half hours at this point. Right. So I guess we probably. My family has, has left. They've gone home. They've eaten all the food. Eaten all the food. They're probably in bed now. Next time, we're going to actually talk about corrections. So you've got more time to finish it. I finished it. Spoiler alert, I really liked it. It was good. It does take a lot of time. It's on the Oprah list, so I trust her. I trust her. you got to trust Oprah. You can't trust Oprah. Who can you trust? Not not a soul. I mean, I trust, I really, I put all my faith into her. I am ready to get through the book because I want to finish it. It is, I can see where it's hard to read. It was hard to listen to at some points, but I'm really excited to talk about it. I think there's a lot going on with that book, so I'm pretty excited about it. In the meantime, y'all can email us at talkinshitterature at gmail.com or find us on social, basically all talkinshitterature. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Mm -hmm. You can message us there and, you know, talk to us there. We're constantly checking our messages and, and everything to kind of keep up with you guys. We are also in the process of putting together a book schedule, so... We'll try to maybe stay like a couple ahead. So if you finish one book and you want to get started on the next one, then you'll know where we're headed. I think that's it. I think that's it. I think we're ready to go to bed. Okay, so Liz, Misty, and Jonathan Franzen will be back next time talking about The Correction. Bye!